0: This week on Hangar Talk, a new Sentry from Flight, And we have a winner for the Air Race Classic. AOPA's rocking and rolling on the You Can Fly program.
1: NATCA honors some of their own air traffic controllers.
0: Also, AirVenture's coming up. We're getting into the planning. Ian, are you ready to do some Hangar Talk? Let's do it, David.
1: From AOPA, your freedom to fly. This is Hangar Talk. 1056, turn right,
2: heading 130. Contact final 132.4. Turn right, sky With your hosts,
0: Ian Twombly and David Tulis. This
2: is Hangar
0: Talk. Welcome to Hangar Talk, everybody. I'm Ian Twombly, and I'm David Tulis. David, our guest this week—it's somebody that uh, you caught up with, actually, almost a year ago now. We're yep. talking about Air Chuck Crinian. He is the well he's got a handle, right? Cowboy, Cowboy is
1: that right? Cowboy Chuck Crinian. He was such a cool guy. So he's the pres the Mooney Caravan president from Mooneys to Oshkosh. Mm-hmm. And you know, Ian, they met in Madison, Wisconsin. It's not that far away from Air Venture. And he's gonna tell us all about how the pilots get squared away for that. You know, it is not just a fly by night affair, they actually train, they train
0: in formation. It is pretty cool. That is cool. Um so we'll talk about that a bit later, and the Oshkosh planning, which I know we're all excited about. But first, let's start with Sentry for flight. This is now the Sentry Plus. This is the little ADSB unit, and a lot more actually it turns out that goes into. I'm sorry to say. For flight only because I'm a Garmin Pilot guy as we know. You are. But the new one has just come out and I gotta say it's it's amazing what they jam into this thing.
1: They did jam a few more a few more bells and whistles into it. Ian you know the main thing is you get that that subscription fee- free ADSB, weather especially. Look you get 18 hours of battery life now that's pretty substantial and yeah, going with that, what's was interesting to me is a G load meter, Ian. I don't know. I'm you know, I'll fly the Cessna Aerobat. Yes, we can do aerobat aerobatic maneuvers in it. We don't have parachutes yet, so we don't. But I guess if you have an aerobatic airplane, you can check the G's out with yeah, this one.
0: Real time. Yeah. Yeah. So boy, it's about eight hundred bucks, seven hundred and ninety-nine. It is, like you said, G meter. There's a tracker, there's carbon dioxide, there's ADSB weather and traffic. One of the new things that they are supporting is FLARM traffic, which I have to admit, I never heard of, but it's apparently, in, they use it in Europe. So it's good for Europe and AHARs if you want to use synthetic vision and have that. Oh, that's that actually is really yeah. helpful at times. Absolutely. It is pretty amazing. 800 bucks. Oh, of course, watch GPS, barometer. Built-in barometer.
1: Yeah, yeah that kind of man. That's pretty yeah. cool. I like yeah. that. So...
0: You know, I was thinking about this before the show started, and I don't know, how do you... I, I'm so curious how this works. It's like, do they sit around and think, man, what else can we possibly shove into this thing? Because I, at a certain point, it's like, it. It. I don't know, what else do you need? What else could it possibly do? I guess you can make a display on it, maybe? I I don't know.
1: Uh, well, the, maybe you could...
0: You a can't really display, make a display,
1: display say, on yeah. it. But, yeah, but... but uh, does just, but everything else. I I think one thing that is important, Ian, is that um, built-in carbon monoxide detector. Mm-hmm. That that's is cool. That is something that we could all use, especially in the winter time. And you know, because carbon monoxide is such, it's it's so dangerous. It's a killer. And that's neat to have that built into that device. It's like you know, set it and forget it. I really, I really like that. The 18-hour battery life is something that you and I were talking about before the show. That is impressive. So that'll help pilots a lot. And we'll say you forget to turn it off when you exit your aircraft, well, it should still have enough juice for the next time. As long, I mean, it, it has an auto-off feature. So unless you had an 18-hour flight, there should still be enough juice in it the next time.
0: Yeah, that's right. I was, I was thinking, it's like, what else could I want it to do? Bake cookies, maybe. Uh, brew me a cup of coffee. You know, brewing I don't know. some like,
1: coffee would be good. Yeah, um, yeah, I like the Cuban coffee myself. You know, yeah. some espresso. There you go, That'd espresso. Be great.
0: Yeah, built an espresso uh, maker. Yeah, ice maker. Then mayb- th-
1: but, but then maybe you'd want it to turn into a restroom facility too. Yeah, so <laughs> there's the flip side of that.
0: <laughs> it's never ending. Yeah. So anyway, it's 800 bucks out now. So, And I'm, I'm sure they will have it at Osh if you want to come see it in person and probably buy it on site.
1: Good point. Yeah, very good point. Come check it out in person at Sporty's at Osh. That's a great idea. Get your hands on it.
0: Yeah. And it, it doesn't replace the rest of the line. So there's still the regular Sentry and then the Sentry Mini if you're interested in stuff that's maybe not quite as capable and has a little bit lower price point.
1: Good stuff. Well, speaking of good stuff, are we going to talk about the Air Race Classic? Is that our next story?
0: Yeah, Air Race Classic. So this is the all-women's air race that crisscrosses the country. It just concluded up in Terre Haute, Indiana, and a college team is the winner.
1: Kent State University. Go Kent State. That's awesome. Laura Wilson and Alex Johnson, congratulations making up Team Flying Flashes they took the overall top prize for beating their handicap by the greatest margin. Now, so folks who haven't done the Air Ace Classic should realize that you you flight plan to the nth degree and you try to. You try to equal or beat what you've planned. So there's a lot of planning involved there. One of our own here at Frederick uh, Airport, Lynn Kaywood, participated in it too. So uh, we'll talk a little bit that, about that maybe sometime in the future, but the Air Race Classic concluded June 24th. And Ian, do you remember where they started and where they landed from?
0: Yeah, I think they, so started in Lakeland, went to Terre Haute and- Right, started in Lakeland,
1: that's it. You told us that Terre Haute, and so it's Terre Haute, not Terre Hot.
0: Yeah, I believe it's Terre Haute, Terre Haute, okay. yes they, this is a really cool event. They've started at Frederick before. And so we've, we've gotten to see this hands on and it's so great positive and they all come together and it's like, yeah, it's a race, but you know, they, they know they're just really, it's a group of women who get together to fly. And the actual format is a little confusing. I mean, I think, you know, this is not, you sit down and watch people race around a course and whoever crosses the finish line first wins. I mean, like you said, it's a handicap. There's like a book on how this works. You have to do a bunch of flying in advance. And so you really have to get into it, but they have prizes for, it's like the fastest Cherokee team team, which this year was the Comanche Me If You Can, which I love.
1: Oh, yeah, heck yeah.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> That's uh, pretty good stuff. That is good. So, you know, it, they have a really good time and, and it's a really positive event, like I said, and, and just a very kind of fun thing. Next year, it's a really great route next year, right through the heart of the country...
1: It's a long route next year. Yeah, starting in Grand Forks International Airport over in North Dakota, home of a a huge aviation college, you know, that we talk about sometimes at UND. And then the terminus is going to be Miami Homestead General Aviation Airport, which I've been to before in Miami, and that's a pretty happening airfield. But from North Dakota to the tip of
0: Florida, that is a long way. Yeah, that's a long trip. That'll be a good one. So... If you're a female pilot and you've never done something like this, it's like put together a team. It is it is a lot of fun and they have a really good time and great way to meet people, right? In aviation. David, want to move on, talk about You Can Fly. Now, oh, yeah. We're going to do a bit of a wrap up here because a lot has been happening, a lot of really positive stuff. And we want to kind of go through all the different phases of the program. So let's talk first about the scholarships, the scholarship program. These were just awarded. This is for initial flight training, advanced flight training, students and and teachers, a ton of money was given out.
1: $1.2 million. Now, this is AOPA Foundation Scholarship, so this doesn't come out of your membership money. This is addition an addition to, to that. But we are happy to give out uh, about 100 aviation scholarships to deserving individuals. And we've done this for a number of years. It, you know, even just a few years ago, it went from 80 to uh, over 100. And this is really significant, Ian. I think that folks need to realize that you know these ten thousand dollar scholarships go a long way towards getting you to complete that private pilot, you know, certificate if you're a primary student. But as you said, also folks who are a little bit further down the line can you know, bolster their commercial training, their instrument rating, that kind of thing. And we encourage a lot of teachers to uh, complete their at least their private pilot. So we give out scholarships to teachers that teach high school. And that's a really significant thing. And several have gone through the program and come out the other end with their private pilot certificate.
0: Yeah. So like you said, I mean, this is all donation funded. So these... these Generous donors are actually making. I mean, it's a, it's a direct thing, right? It's like they give to the foundation. The foundation turns around and gives this to deserving students. There are, I think, four thousand applications. Maybe you mentioned
1: that's a whole lot of applications yeah. to plow through, Ian. And ha- have you done that before? You have you assisted I've been with on that? The yeah, yeah, me too. Oh my
0: gosh, it's phenomenal to read what these resumes and the the work and the, the desire people have to learn and the challenges that they're facing to do so. And it sure. Oh, it feels amazing to be able to say yes, you are. It's like we're gonna help you, you know, we through the donors are gonna help you. It's it's just a fantastic program.
1: Yeah, and, and and one thing you brought up that I wanna reiterate is that it's the full meal deal and it's a full package. You know, we're looking at looking at scholarship applicants. We want to see who's got the the time to fly. Is there a plan B if you couldn't get finished with your entire course? Like how would you be able to afford it? But also the folks who are leaders in their community. I'm just going to give people a heads up for next time for a leg up when they do their applic- applications next year you know, it's all about being a leader as well as having the desire to fly and do good in the community. So we're looking at the total package of a person, not just the fact that you
0: want to fly. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point because it's not just we're going to throw money away. I mean, the whole idea is create pilots. And so you're absolutely right. It's like, do they have a plan to finish? How likely are they to finish? How serious are they? And all those things factor into it. So congrats to scholarship winners and excited to see what happens in the coming years. So that's one facet of the program. Of course, there are about four legs. Another one that we talk about fairly often is high schools. So the teacher training just wrapped up, and we want to talk about it a little bit because this happens in Frederick, and you were there. And it is so exciting, I think, to see teachers excited. They come in. this is like this is legit professional development training that ties right into the curriculum and the stuff that they do over a couple of days in Frederick. It's so fun. And this year, for example, we took them flying, some people in the extra even.
1: Yeah, that was one of the best photos that I made uh, during their visit here. And, you know, the teachers as a whole... You know, I've interfaced with them for a few years now. You know, writing stories and doing photos and videography, and they are just psyched to be here. Number one, I mean, absolutely psyched. And the thing is, is they really learn a lot more about aviation with these hands-on activities. They're making hot air balloons and putting uh, paper clips on them to determine payload. They are making wind tunnels out of cardboard. They are making h- hot air balloons out of papier mache. They're they're flying little drones through hoops. So it really is a hands-on approach to learning. And Ian, I got to tell you, if I was a high school student learning these STEM subjects with this kind of hands-on, these kind of exercises would have just kept me in the game. You know, And it's just so exciting. Listen, you wrote this uh, during our annual report. You did some research that the curriculum has um, has covered 10,000 students in 322 schools to date. And that's quite a lot of schools. You know, it started with Onesies and twosies. We had 19 schools that were our test beds, you know, back about six years ago, five or six years ago. And the students really like the program. I've been to several of the schools, and the participation is just phenomenal. And And I'm just saying, it really is exciting, and it's great for students, and it's a lot of fun. They're not falling asleep in the classroom. They are actually learning cool stuff.
0: Yeah. In fact, we had a, a staff meeting where some of the students from the local school that that has the curriculum, they came in and they, they talked. And of course, the kids are very impressive, right? I mean, you got kids who want to go to academies, you've got kids who are maybe studying aviation law, all that sort of thing. But one thing that really struck me about their presentation was, it was actually the student who talked about the fact that this gets them, like you said, out of the chair, but working together. So, you know, yes, they're working in aviation. That's awesome. They're doing STEM projects. That's awesome. But he said it was one of the few times in school where he gets to work collaboratively with other students. They get to do these group projects. And so that's the kind of stuff that's going to serve them, obviously, in any job that they use going forward, you know, any job that they have, you got to be able to work collaboratively in the workplace. And so I think that's just really neat to hear that that aviation is the conduit for all that stuff. And obviously, you know, with 10,000 students, many of them low income, um, many minorities, many women, overrepresented, I would say, in aviation. I think that's just really, really cool and neat to see them here in Frederick.
1: And we had teachers from California to to New York City mm-hmm. uh, here on the campus at Frederick. And we were also happy to host them because this was the first time in a couple of years that we had an in-person event. Yeah. Like this for the you can fly teacher training because we had to you know do a lot of it virtually for a couple of years, but I mean the the excitement is palpable. You can really feel it. You can you can see it in the air, and they were stoked to fly. And yeah. <laughs> uh, we took we took them up in the extra 300 yeah. with Dave Firstman, of course, but also in our 172s. Our, we have a 182 in the Vans Aircraft RV-12, which is a friendly little airplane and a great one to train in. So the teachers did enjoy it. They got to fly the aircraft themselves. Yeah. And several of them have already um, remarked that they want to continue their flight training journey. Awesome! And so,
0: so hopefully that's they'll great. get some of that scholarship money. Yeah, that's great. So the other two pillars of You Can Fly, just really quickly before we move on, the Flying Clubs pillar. So there's going to be an announcement there at Oshkosh, so keep an ear out for that about what's going on there. Uh And then finally, the flight training. One of the things that they've been working on is this app, AFTA, the AOPA Flight Training Advantage. And we just want to say really quickly that that now is an AOPA member benefit. So if you're a student, an instructor, please check that out, download it, work through it recommend it to other students because that is included now in your membership. This is an incredible, really, AFTA is a, it's a flexible application that works. It's a syllabus that works with your progress. So it's not a static piece of paper that it's like, okay, we're going to go out and do these 25 maneuvers today. It is adaptive to your current situation and training, which is really cool. Nothing else like it. So please definitely check that out.
1: One of the details, um, just to kind of give a quick overview, so flight instructors will have an iPad in the cockpit with them, and they'll check off certain maneuvers that you've already Say you've, you've accomplished several landings and you're real comfortable with that. Well, you don't need to go back and do a certain type of landing again. You can move on. So it's designed to help save money. Say you've mastered your short field takeoffs. So the, um, the student has access to an iPad. The instructor checks off the maneuvers that are done. So the whole point is that you can move ahead pocket a little bit of money and not repeat stuff that you've already shown proficiency with. So the AFTA app should be pretty cool, pretty fun for instructors. It helps keep up with uh, the subjects that sometimes are hard to keep up with when you're you're in a cockpit and things are moving. So it's designed to make it a little bit easier for everybody.
0: Yep, that's exactly right. And we'll be right back. So, David, want to move on, talk about... Air traffic controllers, I don't think we give them enough credit. Sometimes that relationship can be a little adversarial. You hear it on the radio sometimes where, you know, a little snippy. We get a little snippy. But this really great event that happens, usually happens every year, hasn't happened in a couple of years because of COVID, but the Archie League Awards, these are controller saves, and they are literally controllers saving pilot lives. Incredible stories. This year in particular, there's two that I just find phenomenal controllers that have gone above and beyond, and they were awarded recently at these Archie League Awards.
1: Yeah. Joe Wright, a controller at uh, NACA member from the Southwest region, Mm -hmm. was in the right place at the right time uh, on February 11th, working at William P. Hobby Airport in Houston. And, uh, you know, this is a way to recognize folks that have given back. And he noticed that there were some variations in a pilot's heading and altitude and advised the pilot of those things. So this is in instrument conditions, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, The pilot was flying a Cherokee, and he, he started uh, erratically turning and climbing, and that's when Wright jumped in, vectored, conflicting traffic away from the Cherokee, and at the same time, the tower called to inform Wright that the pilot has lost his gyroscope. So the pilot did request Vectors to try this ILS again. It really was, it got complicated, and I could only imagine the tension in the air uh, in, you know, with the air traffic controllers in the control room, but it all ended up with a happy ending, and that's why he was honored.
0: Yeah, he said it's it's probably the most stressful situation he's had in his career, and that he had to actually go and decompress afterwards. You know, so he and you think I mean that's amazing. You think the stress that they handle on a day day to day basis, and and even at that, you know, above and beyond, he had to say, "Boy, just calm down," and so that he could be safe and go go sit behind the scope again. But it's really an, an incredible story. Another one from Pensacola. This is incredible because you know. I think airplanes, this guy, they, were, they weren't even talking to this pilot. So this is something that they, they got a report of an airplane that was overdue. They weren't talking to him. And so this controller actually went out of his way to go find the flight and work with multiple search and rescue resources. And they found the pilot and were able to extract him.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, a, an incredible success story as well. There was a rescue that uh, involved also a US Coast Guard helicopter. So it was like more than one entity. A life flight yeah. clue was in Pensacola, but they had just completed a mission and they were during a, uh, having a cool down period. So, you know, this was the com- search and rescue was complicated. But, yeah, that's a, that's a great story you were talking about, Ian. And, you know, there are many more that we don't hear too much about. Those are just the ones that r- rise to the top uh, for this year. But, there, you know, there are a lot of local controllers that are also heroes in my book.
0: Yeah, yeah, great point. All right, speaking of actually hero controllers, Oshkosh, it's amazing the work that they do over that week. Oshkosh Planning, we're really excited. You and I have both written stories this week, actually, about Oshkosh and, and planning for Oshkosh. Let's start with yours. This is about deals. So you're going to the show. It's all about the journey, right? Yeah. yeah. And so why not make the journey maybe a little cheaper, a little more enjoyable? And so you found a few spots around the country where there are discounts or maybe a free bite.
1: I did. And what I tried to do, Ian, was to sort of, and let me start out by saying, I also went to social media and asked people to send me information. It turns out the information they were sending me was the information I was I already had, you know, so so people get with it next time. Now, um, if you're flying from the East Coast to AirVenture, I was thinking, well, what could be kind of, what could be more cool than stopping for hot dogs on the way, especially if they're free? you know, so why not? But there's also good deals on on fuel. For instance, closer to Oshkosh in Illinois at DuPage Airport, west of Chicago, mention the Oshkosh special to get the best deal on avgas and food discounts on fuel at the cafe joliet regional airport expect free snacks and water and it could be hot you know on the way to air venture so that's a good one a couple in indiana at Stark county airport in knox uh, now listen that airport is augmented by a tail dragger friendly grass landing strip and a paved runway so a lot of folks who are bringing their vintage aircraft in or their tail draggers they're looking for a grass landing strip so that's something to keep in mind it's south of uh, lake michigan and they also will provide fresh donuts and hot dogs to traveling pilots. So nice. Who doesn't like a hot dog and a donut, right? I'm a not donut, sure. Yeah. Maybe not, not together. Maybe not yeah. at the same time. <laughs> no. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Indiana has several other airports with discounts for fuel, fifteen to twenty cents per gallon. And there are others around the country. I'll mention one in Nebraska, Norfolk Regional Airport, has hospitality snacks, hot dogs, chips, and drinks provided. So dual runways, and you've know, got a nice crosswind runway if you're coming out of the Midwest. And as far away as North Dakota and Wyoming, there are discounts on avgas and food. So, nice. yeah, take a look at our, our article there.
0: I was going to say I was reading through the story and I just want to speak to the irrational nature of humans, maybe of pilots. Okay. Because I was reading through and I thought, okay, discounts that's great, right? Fuel discounts fine. But I was like, I was mostly interested in the free food. Yeah. And I think boy, if I'm going to I'm going to plan my route, I'm going to I'm going to look for the free food. And so it's and then I said there I was like, wait a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out of my way to get a two dollar hot dog right. for free. <laughs> you know, seven, really I should seven bucks versus, a gallon you
1: know, for, for fuel. So yeah, yeah. yeah like I get if you. I'm
0: saving twenty five cents a gallon, you know, it's like it pretty pay soon you're it. paying off that two dollar hot dog. Yeah, so it's just kind of funny, but I, I suppose maybe both both together is is really what you would plan for.
1: Well, I tell you what, if you actually had some good tips, Ian, for folks who don't want to go into uh, Whitman Regional Airport, and yes. this is kind of kind of a good a good option to have in your hip pocket, if you will, because a lot of folks are just freaked out by flying that Fisk arrival. I did it last year. It, uh, you got to be on your game. I would even recommend having a second person, in, you know, with you, pilot or non-pilot, you know, to to look at the 20-page notum. You know. Yeah, that's right. So yeah.
0: Yeah. In fact, I was going to say that because. I'm jealous of people who get to go to Oshkosh for fun because you and I, of course, we do it for work and and our arrivals have, it's always like you leave Frederick and you're on a mission, right? I mean, you're going for work. You want to get there as efficiently as possible. I mean, you're stopping where there's cheap fuel and that's it. You're you're getting fuel. You're heading on to uh, to Oshkosh. And so as part of that, though, we typically go, you and I have, have often gone with Tom Haynes, who always goes into Appleton. That's yeah, his spot. absolutely. So we've done that many times and it is Every time I gotta say, I am so impressed with how easy it is. You think, boy, you're coming to the biggest air show in the world. There's gonna be dozens and dozens of airplanes in the sky, and of course there are, and you hear them on the frequency. But when you're going to Appleton, it's like it's like any other Class D airport. I mean, there's a few airplanes maybe in the pattern, but you land, you get directed to the grass, you park, you you know stake down your tie downs, and they pick you up to the van. You go to the FBO, and the best part is you walk out of the FBO, and they're in your story the brats, the chips, all that ready to go. Totally low stress.
1: And you can take some of that cheese to go. They have packaged brats that you can grab and take with you. You you also are likely to rub shoulders with some of the air show pilots, Ian, like the Aerostars, the Phil 66 Aerostars were based out of there last year. And you will also typically see a lot of aircraft from manufacturers that are there and they would rather get their potential clients up and down from Appleton it's a little bit easier to get in and out of so but but the camaraderie again is really cool plus I gotta tell you the FBO they're super nice Very extremely nice. helpful yes. and yeah one, one of Tom Haynes' favorite places to go for sure I mean, he, he
0: the, probably just likes the brats yeah
1: I mean you yeah. land and you smell these burgers and brats cooking it's like right next door to the FBO and I think it's for charity if I'm not mistaken you know the I
0: think so it uh, might be a church or yeah, something yeah just locally, a couple yeah. of
1: bucks but I mean just and you're hungry you know you've, you've come on a you know two or three hour or more flight so
0: mm-hmm.
1: i love yep. it man it's a great it's a good idea spot.
0: Uh-huh. the other good alternative is Fond du lock to the south side of oshkosh i've never flown in there but i've driven past it a few times during the show it's always pretty busy i think a lot of warbirds may be based out of there and a few type clubs one difference between Fond du lock and oshkosh is or uh, appleton excuse me is that Fond du lock offers camping oh so that, that would be helpful sure the camping experience, but you don't wanna to go to Whitman, you can do that at Fond du Lac. There is, at both of these places, there are, I think, hourly shuttles that are free. So you don't have to worry about transportation. Fond du Lac, they've got showers with the camping. So it's really, you can go, you can do your airplane camping, but if you're not into the whole Whitman craziness, you can park at Fond du Lac. It's nice and quiet. You get your camping spot. And then when you're ready to go to the show every day, you just hop on the bus and, and head up to Oshkosh. So it's, it's, it's a really good option. Both of them, they have the fees are very low. They've got the services. And so they are good alternatives. I have done Whitman once. I've done the Oshkosh arrival. I'm glad I did it once. It was fun to do. I don't need to do it again. I will say the best way to go to Oshkosh is by helicopter.
1: Oh man, I'm jealous now. Heck yes. yeah! I did
0: that one year with John Zimmerman at Sporty's.
1: Oh John, I saw John last week and he came came to town. We had a memorial of, uh, remembrance for Mike Collins, and John Zimmerman came. I didn't know he was a helicopter pilot till he told me.
0: Yes, yeah. So I flew out to Cincinnati and then uh, went with him to Oshkosh. and it was great because what you do the the I love it. You read, go out and read the note in Frashkosh with the helicopters because basically what it says is. Stay low, stay out of everybody's way, don't talk to anybody, just come in and land. Oh, and how cool. So you cool. come in and you land right next to the, the EAA headquarters there in the grass by Frontier Field. Okay. And you don't really talk to anybody, you stay below the flow of traffic, you land right there in the grass, somebody can roll up and pick you up right there, you're in Oshkosh, oh, it's awesome. Yeah. It is like, you really feel like a king when you arrive that way, it's fantastic. Um, so I highly recommend... <laughs> bringing in your helicopter
1: yeah I, well, I guess i need to get my my rotorcraft license first or certificate first but that would be good and you know the thing is i'm actually going to fly in again this year in a cessna 172 probably you know on that fisk arrival so i'm going to go with a uh, well, I'm going to go with colleague Eric Blenderman. We're going to come in a little bit early. I think that's another secret that people really have started to pick up on lately. If you come in a day or so earlier, then you'll be in place, in fact, for some of the mass arrivals, which is also a lot of fun to watch the Aircoops come in, the, Sir, the Siris come in, the Cessnas to Oshkosh, the Pipers to Oshkosh, and the Moonies to Oshkosh
0: yeah so if you've ever wondered how these work behind the scenes and and what goes on chuck crinian you found him on the ramp in what i think in madison yeah where you caught up with him sure did um so really excited to hear about how these work they they look like a lot of fun i got to try that some year so let's hear how it works
1: Chuck, tell me a little bit about what you're doing here um, in preparation for Oshkosh.
2: Well, this is our 23rd adventure or mission into Oshkosh Air Venture. Um, we are staging here in Madison, Wisconsin. We have 50 aircraft that have come here from all over the nation, and we are about ready to brief for our mission tomorrow where we land at Oshkosh at 10 o'clock in the morning. And where have
1: people come? To join in on this particular mass arrival?
2: They've come from every corner of the the nation. Actually, we have some Canadians, but because of the uh, COVID restriction on the border, that didn't happen this year. But I myself, I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. We got groups of people from uh, California, West Coast. We got East Coast people. We got some from the South. Big group from Texas and the Midwest.
1: Tell me a little bit about the training that goes into this before folks can qualify to come out.
2: Well we're now a formal formation arrival group and there is training that is rather significant in order to take part in this. We have clinics regionally different parts of the country throughout the year where we get together. We have standardized training educational components where we have videos, we have training guides, we have a group of pilots that mentor people into formation skills and we have formation qualified safety pilots that evaluate the, the skills required to fly in a formation such as what we're doing tomorrow. What's
1: the minimum requirement that a muni pilot would need in order to join your group?
2: We don't have an ex- actual minimum hour requirement, but we have minimal skill requirements, and they must demonstrate a set of skills having to do with formation understandings, takeoffs, in-route procedures, emergency and contingency procedures, landing, and recovery procedures. It sounds like a lot of work, how stressful is it? It's fun. Anything fun's going to take some stress, but it's rewarding, and I think once you do it, you're going to be coming back and doing it. And f- speaking for myself, I got a taste of it maybe 10 years ago, and I really liked it. So that's advanced me, and I've progressed through uh, formation flying. Part owner of a warbird that's really accelerated accelerated my formation skills, and got involved with uh, the fast group. Tell me, tell me about the fast group. Fast is a formation. Of formation pilots. It's basically in military open or tandem cockpit airplanes, not necessarily general aviation airplanes. But because of my access to an old Warbird, I was able to obtain a fast wingmen, fast lead guards.
1: And so how serious is that formation training like? Take me through a typical day.
2: Typical day, every flight, formation flight gets brief, especially in the training environment, an extensive amount of time covering what you're gonna do in the mission, what your contingency plans are, and maybe a little bit of review of uh, safety and emergency procedures. Then once you do this, you've set a time that you start engines, go out, start up, check in, follow your lead out, do your run up, takeoff information, which typically an element takeoff where two aircrafts are side by side, uh, climb out, do maneuvers, which is wing work, turns, climbs, descents, lazy eights such as this, In more advanced formation. Not what we're doing in our mission tomorrow, but you have things called rejoints where you break the flight up and you recover the airplanes in sequence back into what's called a fingertip formation. You do extended trail where it's, uh, everybody's following the lead through some maneuvers and you learn how to use angles and geometry to maintain your distance from the aircraft in front of you.
1: Here at AirVenture, when you fly in tomorrow in the Mooney Caravan, is it going to be a fingertip or entrail or a combination of both?
2: We are set up to do what's called a three-ship VIC, where you have a lead aircraft and two wingmen, so it looks like an upside-down V.
1: And how many waves of formation will be flying in tomorrow, approximately?
2: we're set up now I believe we have 20 different elements and these three ship VIX take off because we're taking off heavy with all of our camping gear since most of us are camping for a week there rather than taking off all three aircraft at the same time which we used to do we're taking off individually and each wingman will join up on their lead after departure and our first turn away from the airport here in Wisconsin then we fly up to Oshkosh in this 3 ship vic and when we establish ourselves on a long final for runway 36 left and right the least experienced wingman is our number 2 which is on the right side will lead will send number 2 off to get on the center line of the parallel taxiway which is now a runway 136 right and then number 3 which is the more experienced wingman flies in an element landing down and lands simultaneously on left left.
1: It's outstanding. And Tell me a little bit about the family environment that the Mooney Caravan brings together. I noticed a, a lot of parents and some children, a, good, a pretty good diverse group of folks.
2: This organization got started in 1998 and it's been growing since that time and originally it was a group of pilots that came together just wanted to fly into Oscars together it's kind of a gaggle. Gaggle is a airman term for not exactly an organized formation but a bunch of airplanes occupying the same space at the same time and it's grown and we decided for safety reasons we better get ourselves organized and do this right and learn formation skills and fly it as a formation. Over the years this has become my closest group of friends and we all love coming here and although we're spending an extra day in Madison because of weather concerns we're all having a good time enjoying each other. My cohort Dave Peeler who you'll be talking to soon will tell us the airplanes got us to Oskosh the people bring us back and that's true.
1: I love it. What are the big plans for the get-together once y'all camp over on the grounds at Air Venture?
2: Well, the first thing we do after getting uh, marshaled into our campsite is uh, secure the aircraft with tie-downs. We have a large tent erected on site, and two hours after arrival, we have a formal debriefing. We learn from every flight. This is not a training mission, this is an actual flight going up there, but you learn all the time. So in the debrief, everybody is going to comment on things they saw right, things they Saw wrong, safety concerns, those types of things. Then after the debrief, uh, we have a uh, Wisconsin Fish Fry organized, and then we have some breakfast next couple days, and we're going to start enjoying Oshkosh Air Venture.
1: Sounds good. How can folks join up in the
2: Mooney Caravan next year? So give them a little bit of lead time, tell them the website, and what to expect. Great question. We have a well organized website. What we did in the last year and a half when COVID has kept everybody grounded is we we revised our website and we have all our training content on the website. So if you go to www.mooneycaravan.com, everything you need to know is about us. You can join our mailing list on the website. What I would encourage people to do, we have a about an hour training video which goes over the basics of basic formation. Our training, our educational guidelines are on the website and you can see our standardization criteria and you see a list of um, safety pilots and a list of squadron leads. We have different squadrons around the country. We just added our eighth one up in the Rocky Mountain Division out of Denver.
1: Outstanding. All right. Appreciate it. Hope you all have a good flight tomorrow.
2: Thanks, sir.
0: Okay, David. So, mass arrival looks like fun. You you used to be a Mooney guy. Interested in trying it? You could do it with a Cessna. You could do Cessnas to Oshkosh. They're doing. Well, it. I
1: could do Cessnas to Oshkosh. I could do Mooney's. I had an air coop. I did it. I actually did an air coop arrival. Um, uh, Sid Cohen helps organize that. You know, you really have to train for it. As, as Chuck says, you really have to train for it and take it seriously. Some Cirrus pilots were here in Frederick for a couple of days about a month ago and really owned their chops as well. And they were seriously good pilots. So, yeah, I, maybe I should try the Mooney. I'm, I really want to buy a Mooney. You know? oh,
0: you, well, if you buy, there you go. The goals, right? Life goals. <laughs> or if you buy the Or Mooney, Bonanza or You got to do or the or mass Piper. arrival. Yeah, Or yeah, exactly. <laughs> or Bonanza. That's right. Right. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. I'm Ian Twombly, our editor is Austin Hansen.
1: and I'm David Teless don't forget you can find us at aopa.org/hangartalk and Ian tell us where folks could find us on YouTube.
0: Yes, so watch the YouTube stream leave a comment tell us how it's going. you can go to YouTube find the AOPA live channel and there is a hangar talk playlist. So just click on it and you can you can watch the latest.
1: And we want also to perhaps to longtime audio editor Austin Hansen for producing our audio.
0: All right. We'll see you next time, David.
1: See you next time, Ian. Hangar Talk from AOPA. Your freedom to fly.